This man is Ernest Scribbler, manufacturer of jokes. In a few moments, he will think of the funniest joke in the world, and as a result, he will die laughing. It was obvious the joke was lethal. How would you like to make one simple decision that'll change your life forever? Okay, I'm glad Scientology works for you, but... Just listen. What if I told you that I have the cataclysmic power to give you anything and everything you've always dreamed of? Who are you? Promise not to tell anyone? Okay. Cross your heart and hope to die? Somebody's had too many martinis. I am the devil. Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the prince of darkness. Well, the princess of darkness anyway. Good morning, America. How are you? I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod, and it is a good morning. At least half a cup of coffee into it. Man, my coffee maker was so slow this morning. I was like, is this thing working? I actually started to panic because it uh, yeah. wasn't. A day without coffee isn't a day. Mm. It's a nightmare. Well, then I discovered the problem. <clears throat> Someone, and I don't know who that was, we, we, we have too much stuff in our kitchen. I mean, way too much stuff. And one member of our household apparently uses mixers and blenders and for some reason needed power for those things and decided to use the the coffee maker plug for that are you the only one that drinks coffee oh god no my wife drinks it oh okay in point of fact and i'm not trying to elicit any sympathy or anything here <clears throat> cammy's job kind of changed and then and then kind of screwed her over so we've been kind of brown bagging it for the last month or so to try to make ends you know meet okay so my wife who is religiously about starbucks has been drinking coffee at home so i have to that's, make a pot every day that's a tragedy <clears throat> well it is but at the same time every her her standard drink standard drink a vente iced sugar-free vanilla latte with light ice I know okay. this because I've been ordering it for 14 years. What's the, what's the cost of one of those things? Seven dollars and four cents. Holy moly! So yeah, it's it's a good thing she's drinking coffee at home now. So not that there's any coffee in that drink, but no, oh no. I mean, I remember when people used to say that you know if you'd give up smoking, you could buy a Corvette. Yeah, yeah it's the same kind of thing. If you'd give up your starbucks you could actually pay your electric bill no I'm kidding. yeah <laughs> i have many questions today this is the question show okay so let's dave, flush out some answers then dave asks questions am i the only one people are we've talked about in the past people are saying to me that facebook is preventing any posts about the israeli gaza war and I am not seeing any, but is anybody else? I'm not seeing, I can't recall seeing anything about the Israeli war. I will say this. My newsfeed is very limited. Um, I... On Facebook have, let's see, 
231 friends. Of those 231 friends, I would bet you less than 100 are not on mute. And only probably 75 of you are what I consider to be, um, I wouldn't say privileged, but I, I lock my account down pretty hard. There's only about 75 of you that can actually see my posts. The rest of you, I, I lock it as show these posts to specific people. So other than the posts where, you know, you change your, change your profile picture or whatever mm. that are public, virtually no one can see my stuff. And if you can, God bless you. That said, I'm not seeing anything on the, on the actual war. Now, I have a very dear friend at the synagogue who is posting remembrances of people who were killed. Sure. I'm seeing those, but I'm not seeing articles about the actual fight. Is anybody else not seeing this? And I'm wondering if it's just my settings or if it's, is Facebook actually downing this? I, I can't say that I've seen anything about the fight at all. Um, then again, I'm not on Facebook a ton. I check it here and there throughout the day, but um, I'm just I'm just looking at feeds right now, and there's only a handful of things that pop up that's even close to that. So I, I'm I would guess they're curating the news. Right. I belong to a certain group, one of these Facebook groups called Jews for Jews. I don't remember the name of the group, but it's basically Second Amendment Jews. And there isn't anything even in that one, hmm. which is the one place I would seriously expect there to be stuff like that. Now, Twitter, on the other hand, is is wide open, explosive, right? I mean, you can't. I get to the point, some points over the past couple of weeks, where I just have to, I just have to turn it off because I can't take anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just me or if it's whatever, but it's gotten to the point where, you know, so much of what's on Twitter now, um, here's look 16 minutes ago, massive pro Palestine protest in Washington, DC. Um, Palestinians are apparently Palestinian supporters are apparently turning on Joe Biden, uh, which is, let's see, London sex segregated, sex segregated, meaning separated men and women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pro-Palestine ra- rally today outside the Turkish embassy. So, I mean, again, you, you turn this on and you get you get the crazy stuff. I got stuff this morning about the Chinese destroyers being deployed yep. to the Middle East. They, you know, the, the shoot-downs are still a huge deal. Um, anyway, I'm just, why would Facebook do that? That's... I guess that's my question. If, if if Facebook is really about making money and it's all about clicks, uh-huh. you know, why would you suppress anything? Unless they're trying to control thought, right? I mean, that that's the... Right, but they're not, they're seemingly not allowing anything. So what thought would they be trying to control? If, if I can't post pro-Israeli war stories, uh-huh. but I'm not seeing any pro-Hamas stories. What throttle are they trying to control? Other than, well, maybe this isn't happening. That could be. But we all know that it is. So, I don't know. I'm. It's weird to me. It, it is strange, because they're kind of shifting to more of, I know they, they focus on the marketplace and trying to get people to sell their oh, stuff God. and that is so annoying. Yeah. Uh, and you've got, for me, it's more, I don't go to Facebook for news. I go to Facebook to keep in touch with friends and family and stuff. So I don't even, I and go like to Twitter I said, if I want to look yeah. at current news. And like I said a couple of weeks ago or last week or whatever, Facebook is useless unless you go over to that on the on the web version, on the, on the left-hand side where it says feeds. Because mm-hmm. otherwise they're just showing you stuff from, I don't know, Let's see, here's one from three days ago about a hockey game, 14 hours ago, three days ago. I mean, this is, I mean, I, okay. I do have questions, though, because for, for whatever stupid reason, and I can't figure out why, they started advertising 
this calendar, this annual calendar would show up. And it's dogs pooping in nature is the calendar. Yes, I have seen that well as well. And I'm like, what the heck? Right. What, 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 am I? what did I do that caused you to advertise this to me? <laughs> now, I will tell you what, what we did. My family has a group text. <clears throat> this has been, it's been a difficult week, okay? okay. Uh, we put my mom on hospice Ugh. Friday night, I guess, Friday afternoon. But in the middle of this conversation, we have this group conversation between mm-hmm. the remaining kids, the ones that are still alive, and in-laws and, you know, wives and that sort of thing. So somehow or another, we got on this, my my sister posted a picture about this beautiful sunset or whatever, and a dog crapping in it. Yeah. But that was on a private group text on our phone. Mm-hmm. And literally a day later, those ads started showing up on Facebook. So I, I have not had any conversation with anybody in relation to the only thing outside of Facebook that I, I have been looking up different, different dog breeds and things like that. So that's the only thing, but somehow that got tied except back into that, Except Facebook? that you're a friend of mine Maybe on Facebook. And Facebook apparently is monitoring my text messages to my family about my mom, mm-hmm. which include these. I don't know. Is it is it just dark humor to try to lighten the mood? Maybe I don't know. We get some weird stuff. So anyway, this dog crapping thing. I yeah, I get those almost every day now. Yeah. And and I don't. I don't even own a dog. <sighs> now cats crapping in nature. That would be interesting. Oh, God. <laughs> don't even get me started on the world's dumbest cat. The world's dumbest cat has a litter box. And for some reason, and I don't, <clears throat> I, I know what the technical reason is, but the technical reason no longer applies. So I don't know what the functional reason is for this. The litter box is in our bedroom, uh-huh. which means that we have to leave our bedroom door open so that the cat can come world's dumbest cat can come and go, right? Uh-huh. But the world's dumbest cat... Apparently didn't get educated as a I'm sorry, kids, boys and girls. If if anyway, the cat does not know how to properly do things. Okay. And so the cat never covers things up in the litter. So box. it stinks. Oh my god. <sighs> oh my god. Because he's addicted to cheese. So shredded cheese. <laughs> yes. It, so a I don't know why it's in our bedroom and. B, I don't know what the hell is the cat's problem, but he's pretty stupid. Okay. And he's outside my door meowing right now, so because he, he wants more <laughs> cheese. And it's like, here I am sitting in here calling him stupid. <laughs> so what's the deal with Facebook's feed on this stuff? What would be the motivation for Facebook to suppress all news news about the conflict? Have they ever done that before? They certainly didn't do it for Ukraine. The only news I know for certain that they suppressed was that Hunter Biden laptop story. Although now that I say that, I don't recall the last Ukrainian story I've seen on no. on Facebook. Uh-uh. Does that seem dystopian? Does that seem weird that Facebook is crushing this stuff? It does seem weird to me. I mean, maybe our listeners also have some feedback, so go ahead and send us a message, message at uh, WTF at whatthefrock.org. It's strange. But, uh, I And now that I sit here and think about it, it's like, what else am I not seeing? And that's, I think that's what bothers me more, more than anything else, because again, I'm pretty connected. I'm pretty wired in. Uh-huh. I'm... I'm somebody that actually pays attention to the news. I'm someone who actually pays attention to to what's going on. But I will admit freely that the last month or so, I've been a little lax in some of that stuff. You get people sending me texts, hey, if you need to talk about Israel. Well, so was, wasn't there a lawsuit, though, or, or wasn't uh, was it Canada that banned Facebook from... No, Canada did not ban Facebook. Canada passed a new law. It's actually an amendment to an old law that requires podcast providers that have more than $10 million in sales in Canadian money 
annual or whatever. So what's that, like 18 bucks a year? <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> at a certain threshold, they have to register with the government. Mm-hmm. Now, the individual podcasts don't have to yet. But say for the sake of argument, we are distributed through Spotify, mm-hmm. what used to be Anchor. Anchor clearly, Spotify clearly makes more than $10 million a year in Canada. Sure. So they have to register as a podcast provider in Canada, which means that if we say something offensive to the to the Trudeau government, theoretically, yeah. they could go after Spotify. Spotify would have to make the decision, do we go after what the frock, or do we not go after what the frock and lose business uh-huh. in Canada? Yeah. Or <clears throat> Joe Rogan. Do we go after Joe Rogan? Or whoever. Right? Yeah. Now so that's this isn't what I was thinking of as far as the story goes. There was there was some issue with news feeds that uh I don't know if it was Canada or Europe or something like that where where they couldn't they couldn't show links to other news articles without paying or something of that nature. There's some discussion of that. In, there was some discussion of that in Europe because the the newspaper companies, the news companies, were upset that these links were being shared for free. Sure. But I thought that was stupid, and I think someone pointed this out to them that was stupid because the links are behind a paywall. Yeah. So if I share a, a story with you and it's behind a paywall, what is that done? I mean, they still get credit for the click. It's free advertising. Right, exactly. They still get credit for the click, even though you didn't actually read the article. And I'm one of those people, I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those people that if something's behind a paywall, it's not important enough for me to know about. Yeah. That's that's my general policy. Well, I I try and use that little add-on, the web-based add-on that you showed me, but some sites are too smart for that. Right, and some have intentionally avoided that. They've done away with that. So there are yeah. there are programs and websites that you can use that will bypass uh, those, but they don't do everything. No, they um, don't. So, but it does. It is helpful. So, but but my general position is, if it's not important, and I pay for three newspaper subscriptions. So I have a subscription to the Kitsap Sun. I have a subscription to the Seattle Times, for the sole purpose of being able to read stories about the Mariners. That's it. Okay. And I have a subscription, as we've talked about, to the New York Times because mm-hmm. it's the New York Times and, you know, at some point you're going to talk about what's in the New York Times. And for the record, I pay $4 every two every every month for that subscription. So I don't think I'm really helping their budget much. That said, <clears throat> I get uh, – I'm – I might have to buy a subscription to Florida today if I'm going to stick around Bill much longer because I get so tired of the – we're talking about this story, and you got to click on it, and it's behind a paywall. And it's like, mm, it's Florida yeah. today, for God's sakes. I don't understand why Gannett, which owns all these papers, mm-hmm. doesn't have one subscription. Yeah, like your master portal. Right, and you pay for that, and you get all the Gannett papers. would make more sense to me. Yeah. <clears throat> and as it turns out, I have two subscriptions to the Kitsap Sun. I'm not sure how that happened. Hmm. So I have to call them on Monday and go, why are you charging me for two subscriptions on the same email address? Yeah. And they're going to say, well, we're technically not blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to say, you know what? Cancel them both. But back <laughs> to Facebook. <laughs> I, this news, I, I wouldn't call it a blackout. But at the same time, I'm wondering, you know, I guess what I should try to do is find a news story about the war, right? New York mm-hmm. Times, and see if I can share it. Oh, da, da, da. Unfortunately, I have a, a linked. Okay, so here's an article. Israel-Hamas war, Israel orders more evacuations. Okay, so we're going to take that. We're going to take it over here to my my profile. Yeah, be careful, Dave. You might get blacklisted again. 
Oh, no. See, here's an article from the Friends of, Friends of the IDF, but it's just a may his memory be a blessing forever. There's no actual news in it. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's post this and see what happens. Da, da, da. So if you are my friends, at 8.22 on Sunday morning, October 22nd, I have posted an article that says Israel-Hamas war. And apparently it's showing. At least It showed up for me. Okay. I don't know. I'm not seeing a whole lot else about it. No. But, but it is an article about fears of the conflict widening, which is something that I'm afraid of. But I'm also more concerned about some other things as well. Anyway, what do you think? WTF at whatthefrock.org. We'd love to hear from you on these matters. So stay with us. We will be right back. West Taiwanese have now sent six destroyers to the Persian Gulf area in response to the increasing tensions between Israel and Gaza. Did they say why? I don't know. The increasing tensions is what they're officially saying. Yeah, but they would have to be choosing a side to otherwise they're just increasing tensions by sending the ships there. Well, it still makes no sense to me anyway, because there is no tension between Israel and Gaza. The tension is between Israel and Iran, which is force-feeding its groups, Hezbollah and Hamas, this insane hatred, this insane, whatever you want to call it, that is causing all of this. So, there you go. So, interesting. Sorry. Did you see the article somewhere that... uh that some of the weapons that they used were North Korean weapons? The Hamas the, uh, people? Yes. Hamas people. Yes, I did see that. And that and that actually makes perfect sense to me. So, anyway, China doing this. You got China doing this. You got, you know, the United States has now got two battle groups, task groups in the, in the uh-huh. area. And I don't know about anybody else, but this is making me nervous. This is... This is making me as nervous as a stupid cat with a long tail in a room full mm-hmm. of rocking chairs. I mean, it just really is. I'm almost to the point now, Rod, where I'm like, do I really want to even waste my time going to college? Because there's a decent chance it won't be at college by the time I get done. Mm-hmm. Potentially. And this day, October 22nd, as tensions mount, you know, this was the day in 1962 that Kennedy went on television and announced to everybody in the world that the Russians had put missiles in Cuba and that we were announcing a blockade of Cuba, a blockade, mm-hmm. which, by the way, by definition, you cannot blockade a country that you are not at war with. Hmm. That's interesting. So, so how do we pull that one off then? We we did a blockade. We weren't at war with them. We didn't declare war. Well, this is the same problem Lincoln had during the Civil War. He wanted to blockade the South, but if you blockade the South, you're saying that's another country and we're at war with them. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah, that's a. So what do you do? Well, I don't know. I. I will admit to you that my knowledge of the Cuban Missile Crisis is limited to very basic understanding. You call it a police action, Dave. (laughs) I do know that the Soviets had sent a bunch of submarines, and that at least one of those submarines was carrying nuclear, sorry, atomic torpedoes. Mm -hmm. 
which is a, how do I explain this? Stupid idea. The whole idea of an atomic torpedo is stupid to begin with. But Okay, so why is well, that? Well, how does that work? <clears throat> Torpedoes have limited range, mm-hmm. which means that when you fire one, how far away from your submarine is it going to be when it detonates? Oh, that's true. And water doesn't compress like air does. No. So, for those of you who don't understand this, the way a depth charge works when it hits a submarine is it doesn't actually hit the submarine. No. It blows up a few feet, a few yards away from the submarine, compresses the water, basically turns the water into concrete, Mm-hmm. hard-wise, and that shock wave hits the submarine, which then breaks stuff. This is why when you watch the movies, all the light bulbs are breaking. And mm-hmm. So, if you set off an atomic device, sorry, nuclear device. I like, I like atomics. I do, too, yeah. because it was the 50s and 60s. But yeah. So, you set one of those off, you get a gigantic shock wave. Mm-hmm. Now, the United States, back in the 50s, did an experiment called Operation Wigwam off San Diego, where they submerged a bunch of submarines, old submarines from World War II, put cameras inside them, and set off a nuclear device to see what would happen. And there's some famous footage inside one of the submarines where it goes, <laughs> boom, and then the video stops. It's like, huh, that's weird. So, yeah, the idea of an atomic torpedo, it's basically a suicide weapon. Yeah, yeah, well. Now, lest you get upset, we had them too. <laughs> we, we, In fact, um, it is a well-discussed issue that when the USS Scorpion, Scorpion was lost, almost said Thresher, but, but I caught myself, so it came out as Scorpion. Scorpion. But it was the USS Scorpion was lost in 1968. She was supposedly carrying two of these. Okay. And that's one of the reasons why Bob Ballard was sent out there with his new equipment to examine her, which was a cover, which was the secret mission that was covered by the the story about we're looking for the Titanic, which they happened to find. So one of the, one of the rules of, of top secret missions is that the cover story has to be true. So he did have to go look for the Titanic, even though that's okay. really not why he was out there. So they, they check on these torpedoes every now and then because, you know, they want to make sure who, they're still there. Who knows what happens to a torpedo 10,000 feet down? Yeah. And who knows what happens to a torpedo 10,000 feet down after 60 years? That's atomic. You know, nobody knows. So there's the Soviets sent a bunch of submarines to the Cuban Missile crisis mm-hmm. blockade, some of which we know had nuclear torpedoes, one of which was ordered to fire. They did not have proper release authority from Moscow. They were operating independently. And apparently the political officer, the Zampolit, which is something that Soviet ships had, which we do not mm-hmm. have. Zampolit was a was not a naval officer in the strictest of sense. He's a political officer. And he has to give political approval to all orders. So you essentially have two captains of every ship. Okay. You have the captain-captain who actually runs things, and then you have the Zampolit who approves everything or disapproves everything. And apparently the Zampolit said, are you out of your freaking minds? You're not firing a nuclear torpedo. And wouldn't yeah. give him permission to do it. And he's gone down, what's his name, Arcady something. He's gone down as the man who saved the world. Because of all this tension during the Cuban uh-huh. Missile Crisis, which brought the world to the edge, 16 days in October, whatever it was, to the edge of nuclear war. Was it just the captain that made the decision that he wanted to, to shoot this off, or was he told by I, someone else? I, I'm not completely clear on the entirety of the story. Sorry. It's one of those submarine stories I don't know as well as I should. Oh, I'm but it so was an independent operation, and so he had discretion. And he okay. felt that he was being attacked. Now, what was actually happening was the Americans were trying to get these submarines to surface. Sure. Because they were diesel electric boats. This part I do know. 
So what they discovered was <clears throat> you can't drop depth charges on them. Mm-hmm. But if you make a lot of noise that sounds like depth charges, <laughs> and so they would take hand grenades, wrap them in toilet paper, pull the pen, throw them overboard. The toilet paper keeps, you know, because it's yeah. got that consistency. But as it dissolves, as it sinks, it gets deep enough where the pen, where the where the handle pops off and it detonates. Now, let me tell you something <clears throat> about this. Sitting in explosive handling wharf down here at Bangor, I'm going to say 1985-ish. Mm-hmm. There were divers over the side because they were, you know, doing some stuff. And apparently, we did not know this, but apparently they signaled divers by using M80 firecrackers in the water. <laughs> we didn't know. So we're sitting in the mess decks, which is outboard starboard side, and... One of these M80s went over the side, didn't go far enough, actually ended up against the hull as it sank right outside of the mess decks while we were eating lunch, and it detonated, boom, right there. It's an M80 firecracker, folks. Yeah, those are pretty loud. And I'm telling you, (laughs) there was a... um, There was a mess to clean up in the mess. There was a serious discussion after that about whether we're going to do this again or not, because there was not a... (laughs) Not a good thing. So, anyway, these hand grenades would go down, detonate, and while there's very little chance of actually harming a submarine, the sound was quite significant. So, he thought he was being attacked, and because he was being attacked, he was free, weapons free at that point. Sure. What possessed him to say, hey, the solution to weapons free is to fire off a nuclear torpedo? I don't know. But the Zampolet said, hell no. And it wasn't launched. And, of course, we didn't know about this until 1993-ish when the Soviet Union had fallen and all these mm-hmm. records became. But it was this day, October 22nd, when Kennedy went on television and told us that hey, we're going to nuclear war over Cuba because the Russians have put a bunch of missiles in there. Mm-hmm. Now, 70 years on from that, has it been that long? 62, 72, 82, 92, 02, 60 years on from that? We know a lot more about what was actually going on, and we know that it was kind of an insane thing to do, mm-hmm. both sides. Putting missiles in Cuba was not a smart thing to do, but they had been there for quite a while. <laughs> so why did Kennedy suddenly choose to make an issue of it right then? These are things that can be debated by historians all you want, but for, for 16 day, 10 days in October... People were really on edge because they thought this was it. And I'm wondering if they had taken a poll, how many people would have been okay with that? People would have said, yeah, we need to beat those commies, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. And I have that same feeling that today is like that all over again because this tension, these world tensions are out of freaking control. Yeah. And nobody seems... Nobody seems like the Zampolet to go, are you out of your freaking minds? What the hell's wrong with you people? Yeah. And oh, by the way, have enough authority and control to stop it, which he did. Yeah, you've got got some religious ideology in there that some people are, I mean, way out of whack, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and then you've got, in America, you've got the, the youth that are highly passionate that uh, that attend some of these colleges that are supporting and chanting, you know, from the river to the sea, right. Palestine will be free, which just means you're, you're saying the death of Israel. Right. Um, that you, you just got these people that are emotionally bent on this. and Well, then you have Rashid Talib, who, oh. look, babe, I don't, I don't know you from well, Adam. Mm-hmm. But I would give you the same advice I would give a lot of other people, which is get the hell off social media because you're not helping yourself. No. And she keeps tweeting about this. And boy, this is just, it's just getting bad. And it's getting. The, the pivot, though, AOC it pivoted. It's kind of interesting to see that happen. She's very much more populist. Oh, yeah. Of course she is. All communists are. They have to be because if yeah. they don't have popular support, and they don't have guns, what do you do? Yeah. 
So I did see where she tweeted yesterday about we have to take in Palestinian refugees. Uh, uh, so I don't know what that's going to be. How come the other Arab nations aren't saying we'll take the Palestinians? Because, and I had this conversation. So I'm at SubVets yesterday. Sure. SubVet meeting. We have the whole meeting. And a new member guy comes up to me after the meeting. And I'm kind of sitting there. My knees are killing me. And I'm just, you know, just trying to calm down a little bit after the meeting. And he says to me, and I'm not making this up. I got a witness who was standing there. Can you explain this whole Palestinian Jewish thing to me? Oh, my gosh. The whole thing? The whole thing. So what I said to him was, look, it's pretty simple. It's not Palestinians and Israelites. It's it's is it's it's Iran and Jews. Mm-hmm. And Iran is not an Arab country. But they are using Arabic surrogates mm-hmm. so that they can try to keep their hands clean, which is a weird way to phrase that. And and so I'm explaining this Hezbollah and Hamas, these are all Iranian front groups funded mm-hmm. by Iran, which your president just gave six billion dollars to. So so that's the issue. Yeah. Been to Israel. Palestinians live in Israel with no problem at all. Arabs get along with Israelis pretty well. I mean, you know, it's like yeah. Southerners and Northerners, but but at the same time, you know, there's, there's, there's a commonality of cause. I have been to Jerusalem myself. I have walked the streets of Jerusalem. I was told not to do something, and I did it anyway. I walked through the Arab quarter of Jerusalem by myself. Mm-hmm. With no problem at all, except that I, uh, my negotiating skills are, are, aren't very good, so I keep saying, no, I don't want any, thank you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did discover a dessert thing there that was, in, uh, it's like nuts crushed up with dates and honey and bought a lot of that. Anyway, the point of all this being that this, these tensions are being manipulated and raised, and maybe that's why Facebook isn't covering them, I don't know. Maybe Facebook is allowing it. My post is still up, so is it maybe that just people aren't posting stuff? Maybe maybe it's if you post something and it's public, you know, because, mm-hmm. again, I limit mine to people that, for the record, I nobody that can see my post is going to be offended by it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the rule. I don't know. What I do know is tensions are out of control right now. And yeah. I'm nervous. People are nervous. And I was I was at sea on on alert coverage the night that there was a major night for us, it was day there, but there was a major political assassination in the Asian theater of operations. And we were sent a because of the way things work, and I don't want to get too detailed in this, we use real targets for practice. Uh-huh. And we were sent a message the night this happened. We got the news that it happened. We got a message a few minutes later. EAM, emergency action message, retarget and strike by latitude and longitude, which was unusual. Normally, the target database has all these in there identified by a four-digit code, so forth and so on. But this was different. It was lat longitude, specific uh-huh. site. I'm not going to tell you where it was. But it was related to where this person had been assassinated by the country that most likely assassinated. The way we use these printers, they were dot matrix printers back in those days. Uh And if you know anything about dot matrix printers, they have to be aligned properly. Yes, they do. So I was handed a message that said, retarget and strike by latitude and longitude. And I'm looking at the message, and I looked at the guy that handed it to me, and I said, is, is this right? He's like, yeah, I just came from radio. I'm like, okay. So I went to the missile control center with a message in my hand that said, retarget and strike this target. And I'm looking around the room, and everybody else is just kind of like, mm, okay. And I'm looking <laughs> at the message going, you understand this is a retarget and strike message on a place that probably just sent assassins to kill this foreign leader. And everybody kind of looked at me like, what? And I'm showing them the message, you know, Mm -hmm. fire control. And so everybody's like, oh, well, that's not good. 
start doing this stuff and I'm getting I'm getting a little weird about this uh-huh. because this is the question somebody asks me all the time would you have would you have pushed the button and I the answer to you is at 23 absolutely I would have done it today I'm not so sure uh-huh. but at 23 wouldn't have hesitated for a moment and I would have also known that this was a singular strike it was a single warhead it wasn't this was not a full out nuclear exchange the problem is it was aimed at a country that was nuclear armed and uh-huh. who knows what happens then and about just as I had finished entering the stuff into the computer loading it into the into the stuff and I'm ready to go weapons officer walks in Dave Fritch and he's got this Dave has this lieutenant sorry has this has this kind of walk to him where he bounces a little bit uh-huh. and he's just smiling. He's happy. He's like, okay, everybody ready for this? And I'm like, sir, because what's the matter? Bum? And I showed him my message because have you not seen this? And he looks at it. He goes, Oh, and he hands me his message, which is shifted with uh-huh. the dot matrix pattern. So it's not lined up right. And his has twice on it the top and the bottom, which is the bottom is supposed to be the top of mine, where it says Sierra, India, Michael, Uniform, Lima, Alpha, Tango, Echo. Simulate. <laughs> so I spent about 20 minutes thinking we were doing this for real. And I have that same feeling now that mm-hmm. I had then. And that's that's got me a little nervous. i got to be honest. Hoping that this will all just uh, pass, but... No, walk away and see. Stay with us. We'll be I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And I have two questions for you now in this segment, formerly known as WTF. <laughs> These are serious questions now. I want you to contemplate this. Okay. I know I know we've been really down a little bit, but yeah. serious question. Is Elizabeth Hurley the hottest woman in the world? Yes or no? Defend your answer. Mm. Uh, you know, for her age, she is she has aged very well, and I think she, I think See, that See, you can't do that. You can't say for her age. You got to say the question isn't for her age in this category. Is Elizabeth Hurley the hottest woman? In the world? But but no. you did the question ask is, me to defend my my position. So I'm I'm defending before I say yes. She okay. is. good. She Lord. had me bedazzled. <laughs> God, <laughs> I love that movie. And and normally remakes, you know, reboots, remakes, whatever you yeah. want to call them, they suck. Sorry, they just do. But Bedazzle is one of the few where the where the remake is hundreds, if not thousands, of times better than the original. And the original had Dudley Moore. And if you were born, or if you were a teenager or a young adult in the 1960s, when British humor was sophisticated and fun. It's a funny move, uh-huh. but if you're if you have no familiarity with that at all, it's it's just baffling to watch. I mean, yeah. it's, it makes no sense. It's like it does have Raquel Welch though, okay, who could have been in that competition for the hottest woman in the world, except that she's dead. Yeah, she's. But Elizabeth Hurley in that remake of Bedazzled, uh-huh. holy crap. Sorry. 
Yeah. She is <laughs> between the leather bikinis and the, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God. And she's funny. She is. That's the she's thing. Great, she's great funny. timing. She is. She has great. So I guess <laughs> she broke the internet the other day because Rod sent me a, sent me and Bill a thing about well, Elizabeth yeah, Hurley in a plunging yellow bikini. Which of course I had to click on. That's why I said she's she's aged well. Well, the Daily Mail will cover her her Instagram post every now and then. Right. Because you don't already follow it. I don't follow it on on Instagram now. Are you serious? You don't follow Elizabeth Hurley on Instagram. I, I, I follow I, Elizabeth Hurley on Instagram. So how come I'm the one sending the pics? How come because not I'm not going to send that stuff to other people. I don't want people thinking I'm weird. Oh, people so you think, think I'm that, weird because I sent the news for I got enough people that think that already. Yeah. So anyway, that's the question. Is Elizabeth Hurley the hottest woman in the world? WTF at whatthefrock.org? I think she is, but then again, what do I know about it? Yeah. I do know that humor is subjective. Mm-hmm. And I know that humor varies from person to person so for example things that i find hysterically funny because i'm a submariner most people would go ew it's like that meme about yeah. you've seen the meme about the guy killing the mouse uh-uh. so it's this guy he's he's killing he, it's a two-frame mouse and then the first picture it's him with a baseball bat or something he's me beating up the mouse uh-huh. that got in him and then the next picture is everybody and it you know, and and yeah. it says everybody else at Disneyland. Oh, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So there are things that I find fun. So when somebody sends me an article about humor, I read it. Rod sent okay. me such an article this morning. Uh, uh, I did. For the historian. For the historian. Ten oldest jokes in the world. Okay. Now, lest you think that this is unrelated to anything, stay with me. Here's the first one. You ready? Ready. Ancient Greek comics and writers, Heracles and Philagoras. Here's the joke. Quote, asked by the court barber how he wanted his hair cut, the king replied, quote, in silence, unquote, unquote. That's pretty funny. It wasn't until I started remembering a conversation we had earlier in the week. Then it became funny to me. Because <laughs> earlier in the week, I was baffled by a post on Facebook, which I was so baffled by that I photo screen, photoshot, screenshotted, mm-hmm. sent to Rod and Bill and said, WTF, this was going to be my original WTF. Yeah. Belonged to a group called Silverdale, which is, you know, a local... I'm sure you belong to one that says Oakdale. Who knows? But this was posted by an anonymous member, which I hate. See, I don't think you should be able to do that. No, if you're a member of a group, you should be having, you should have your name there. This is what this anonymous woman wrote. And I'm assuming it's a woman because no guy would ever write this. Are there any hair salons in Kitsap, that's our county, that are queer owned and operated queer-owned and operated, and neurodivergent-friendly. I'm not LGBTQIA, but I feel more comfortable around them. Which is a strange way to say that to me. But I'm also autistic and inverted, so I often feel uncomfortable in salons because I struggle to make small talk. And I thought to myself, you know what you need to do is just become the king, and then you can say, how do you want your haircut? And you can say... In silence. In silence. Who carries on a conversation with their barber? I fall asleep. I tell them up front. I find getting my haircut to be one of the most relaxing mm-hmm. things in the world. The only problem with my haircuts is because my haircut is so simple. Just boot camp haircut. Doesn't take very long. It only takes about two minutes. But yeah. I just, I fall asleep. Something about that on my skull, it just... Yeah. You, you need to find a barber that's a perfectionist because then they keep right. going over and over your head with the right. shears. What I should tell her is start at a four, mm-hmm. then do it with a three, then do it with a two. 
There you go. <laughs> just just keep going. And, but you got to do it in order because because I'm neurodivergent and crazy. <laughs> Inverted. Right. Wishing to teach his donkey not to eat, a pedant did not offer him any food. When the donkey died of hunger, he said, I've had a great loss. Just when he learned not to eat, he died. <laughs> you think that's funny? This man killed an animal. He killed an animal, but it's the punchline. He just he just learned not to eat. You know, that joke says it's one of the ten oldest jokes, which doesn't surprise me, because you know where I've heard that joke before? Where? From my rabbi. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the Roman Empire was an advanced society. Comedy was no exception. The Emperor Augustus was touring the empire when he noticed a man in the crowd who bore a striking resemblance to himself. Intrigued, he said, Was your mother at one time in the service at the palace? No, your highness, the man replied, but my father was. <laughs> I don't know that I would be tempted to say that to the to the emperor, the emperor of the Roman Empire, but let's see. A simple body joke from Egypt around the time that Antony and Cleopatra killed themselves. Quote, man is even more eager to copulate than a donkey. His purse is what restrains him. Okay. You got it? I do. These are the 10 funniest jokes in history, folks. Or, I'm sorry, these are the 10 oldest jokes in history. Oldest jokes, yeah. Right. Some didn't age very well. Right. Let's see. Sophocles, Sophocles wrote a, a joke in Oedipus Tyrannius. Um, you, you know this joke. What's This is the Sphinx question. What, what animal walks on four feet in the morning, two at noon, and three in the evening? Everybody knows that, right? Yeah. Okay. Man. So I don't have to answer that one. Here's a eye-watering eye pun. It's about Odysseus. During his travels, Odysseus and his crew are captured by a cyclops who threatens to eat them all. Homer, the poet, uses this as a setup for a bit of dark humor and a truly terrible pun. Odysseus tells the cyclops that his real name is Nobody. When Odysseus instructs his men to attack the Cyclops, the Cyclops shouts, Help! Nobody is attacking me! Let's see. A joke about an old married couple from approximately 1100 BCE. A woman who is blind in one eye has been married to a man for 20 years. When he found another woman, he said to her, I shall divorce you because you, sh you are said to be blind in one eye. She answered, Have you just discovered that after 20 years of marriage? <laughs> wow. Another head scratcher. Ancient Samaria. Uh, many of these jokes appear like riddles. Can you solve this Samarian puzzle? Three ox drivers from Adab were thirsty. One owned the ox, the other owned a cow, the other owned the load in the wagon. The owner of the ox refused to get water because he feared his ox would be eaten by a lion. Apparently that was a concern. The owner of the cow refused because he thought his cow might wander off into the desert, and the owner of the wagon refused because he feared his low load would be stolen. So they all went on. In their absence, they all went to get the water. In his absence, the ox made love to the cow, which gave birth to a calf, which ate the wagon's load. Problem. Who owns the calf? Well, not, well, not the wagon owner. This strikes me as very Talmudic. Because <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is the kind of conversation you would have in a Talmudic discussion. Who owns the calf? In fact, I am going to send that to my rabbi because okay. we could all use a bit of stress relief. And I'm going to say this situation happened. 
For all I know, it's already in the Talmud. Who knows? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but there you go. What do you think? Who owns the cow? By the way, they don't give us the answer, so... Uh, the, I don't know. Cow. <sighs> the, the cow owner. Now we're back to Egypt again. How do you entertain a bored pharaoh? No clue. You sail a boatload of young women dressed only in fishing nets down the Nile, and then you tell the pharaoh to go catch a fish. Again, some didn't age very well. We've we've all been to comedy shows. Well, maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. We've maybe all been to comedy shows where there's it's just bad. Yeah. Maybe you should do this with a British accent. Maybe maybe that'll do. No, I shouldn't. Da, da, da. This is uh, this is even worse. It's the world's oldest joke. It's four thousand years old. Okay. Not making this up, folks. This is the first recorded piece of humor in human history and may not have aged well. Okay. Quote, something which has never occurred since time immemorial. A young woman who did not fart in her husband's lap. (laughs) Anyway... I don't okay. even know what to tell. I don't even know what to tell you, folks. I, I mean, <laughs> I I was hope I had high hopes for this. I really did because it's you know funny jokes revealed the world's ten oldest jokes. So they we, <laughs> what the yes exactly. It's the kind of thing that makes me say WTF. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. We had to take a little break there because we were laughing so hard we couldn't control ourselves. That's exactly right. So the thing about the Daily Mail, which is where that article came from, Mm -hmm. is that they have this section over on the right-hand side that says Top Stories. Mm -hmm. And if you can get past all the pop-ups. Sunny Bank Hills, Brisbane. Eerie dash cam footage. 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 It's like it's in the dark. It just... Um, <laughs> shows mystery figure approaching moving car in the middle of a dark road. Don't click on okay. it. Okay. Don't? No. Too late. <laughs> Not that it matters. Uh, before shaken driver learns he narrowly avoided a grim fate. Oh, this has got to be good, right? No. Terrified not. driver who confronted a man while standing in the middle of a dark road may have avoided a violent carjacking. Creepy dashboard footage. I did it again. <laughs> have you watched Kunk on Earth? No. You gotta watch Kunk on Earth. She has a whole episode of Kunk on Earth. It's a it's a history show. Okay. But well, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> She has a whole episode de- dedicated to the darkages. <laughs> She's trying to figure out why the darkages are so dark. <laughs> anyway, um, where was I? Creepy dash, ba- dash cam footage posted to Facebook shows a mysterious figure in the middle of the road. As the car slows and attempts to swerve past, the man keeps walking in front of the car's path and trying to block it. Well, there's your first problem. The driver then does a rapid U-turn and runs away. So scary. My other half was in the car, he wrote. Question is, was she farting in his lap? (laughs) Good to get home safe, thank God. Some commenters suspect suspect that it was an attempted carjacking. They make you stop, then they steal your car. In Australia, this is happening, by the way. Yeah, you can tell because he's driving on the left-hand side of the road. Right. So there's this whole article here about this posting of this thing, and then the the supposition that it may have been a carjacker. Nobody actually knows. No. It may actually have been a guy who was dying and needed help, but... Could be. But instead... We, we everything... do know he was not dressed up like a killer clown. Right. 
American woman who moved from California to the north of England reveals four huge culture shocks. Come on, we got to click on this. Okay. Let's see. This is scintillating. She feels like Podcast. nobody hates the Eng- nobody hates England more than the English. She posted a video of herself, of course, to TikTok. Sure. Because that's what you do while she's doing makeup. What is the deal with people doing makeup on TikTok? <sighs> oh, snap. I just lost the website. It just died. Uh-oh. Oh, no. no, folks, sorry. We'll, we will never know the four biggest culture shocks from moving from California to England. But you can tell us what you think they are. At WTF at whatthefrock.org. Or send us a message on Facebook. You can email us, but Rod will read it. Yeah. And on that note, I am the humorous and nervous Rabbi Dave. And I am the fabulous Friar Rod. And this has been a really bad episode of... What the frock? <laughs>